Welcome to the Arts Programme on Ross FM. Um, a packed show for you once again uh, this afternoon and thank you for joining in and as I said thank you to Cora Boyle for sponsoring our programme. Now I just have to say hello to four people listening in and I know they're cutting up their pumpkins for the Halloween uh, uh, weekend. Uh, Emily, Rose, Ben, Jack and Stephen. So uh, be careful there with Granny and um, get on with the pumpkins. We have a packed show. We have Francis Crowe on the show today. We have Anne Hill. We have um, uh, Helen Danley and Will Kane. A little bit of music. And we also have, you heard it here first, Seamus Duke is going to sit in for a little interview as well. I don't think he's used to the radio, so we'll, we, we'll be nice to him. Uh, <laughs> he's laughing here beside me. And thanks to Seamus, I'm, I'm, I'm actually doing the desk here myself. This is a big change. My first uh, chat this afternoon is with Francis Crowe. Francis is... Um, tapestry weaver and oh she does some fantastic uh, some fa- fantastic work so I happened to or I was invited out to Francis studio last week and uh, we did this little interview so here it is for you now if I can get my hands on, on the click button Ursula Ledworth for Ross FM for the arts programme on Ross FM and I am absolutely delighted to be sitting in the studio of Francis Crowe Francis you're welcome to the arts programme on Ross FM thanks very much Ursula on the way to Tulsk, am I? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Four Mile House. Four Mile yeah, House, yeah. So just down the road from the Kilbride Community Centre is where I live. And I've been here since 1984. And where did you come from originally? Uh, originally Waterford, born in Waterford and then studied in uh, the College of Art in Dublin for 10 years. Well, not I didn't study for 10 years. I lived in Dublin <laughs> for 10 years and then and, we moved uh, down here. And told your parents you were studying. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you heard it on Ross FM first. <laughs> Francis was not studying. <laughs> and you were studying. I, I think, studying. It, I think it's, I it comes natural yeah, to you. Yeah. I'm absolutely thrilled to be in Grange Studio. And Francis, I suppose over the years I've known you for your tapestry work. That's and right. maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. How did you get into tapestry? Yeah, so as I was saying, I studied fine art painting in the National College of Art and Design. And um, I kind of stumbled across the weaving department by accident and was taught some basic uh, techniques and fell in love with tapestry. So when I left the college, um, I was teaching art for many years as well. Really, my art form turned into tapestry weaving. I largely self-taught because uh, all the years since I learned my basic techniques, I've just been um, studying it myself since then. So this is how I express how I see the world nowadays, through the tapestries. And your tapestry has been a journey from yeah. we met first. I mean, as yeah. the course of, of the journey of the world has changed yeah. and your tapestry has grown, grown and developed with, along with that. With the changes. Yeah, absolutely, Ursula, that's right. I think what happened to me was a few years ago, I made a, a decision to begin weaving um, stories, narratives about what's happening in the world. And you had spoken to me before about the displaced tapestry that I wove uh, about the Syrian I refugees. I fell in love with that You one. did. And the, uh, relating that to the Irish famine victims from Roscommon. But since then, uh, during the lockdown period, I really spent a lot of time here in the studio concentrating and coming up with images that related to what was happening all around us in the world. And I did uh, four tapestries titled The Covid Collection. Yes. Yeah. So the first one of those is based on Navajo uh, weaving symbols about good health, safe travel and a long life. Is that the one that was in the Lewin Gallery? It is. Yeah. It was selected for the Lewin Gallery Art Fair last Christmas. Yeah. And that went on into January because of lockdown again. 
The second one then was the one about um, frontline workers in healthcare, which has since been purchased by the Galway Clinic and it hangs there now over the main entrance. And that is a, a, a nurse. Yeah, yeah, it's a nurse with her um, all dressed up in her PPE. Yeah, and, and the, the mask. mask. The mask has the map of the world woven into it oh, because it's a global that. pandemic. Yeah, there's a lot in that tapestry. The images on the bottom show hands clapping and um, glove wearing, you know, down towards the end. And then you have the symbol of the female in the centre. And above her head, you can see there is a little euro symbol. And what I'm saying there is you can't put a price on a nurse's head. So um, there's all around it, there is symbolism relating to uh, frontline workers in healthcare. And, you know, you could be um, fooled. Mm. Because I all I've seen was the nurse. I know. <laughs> there is a lot more in it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I know that. A lot of the work I did during the pandemic is full of symbolism, but you need to really look at it to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to look deeper into the work. Is that your latest Well, collection? it's not really, no? because since then I moved on again, because I made those during, it must have been 2020. The first one was in the Luan Gallery, and actually the second one was as well, but because... I needed it to go to the Galway Clinic. I had to remove it from that exhibition. So you may not have seen it there. So the third one there, that's based on uh, love of all nations. And I'm using the universal symbol of love, the heart, on the mask of the figure there. But down on the bottom, you can see that there are profiles of people's faces um, in whites and pinks and creams. And on this side, in browns and blacks. And um, it's just all about every nation needing support and love, especially during COVID times. Then on each side of it, there's a black and white hashtag. Yeah. Uh, That's because of all of the hashtags that were coming out around the Black Lives Matter movement when people began to hashtag White Lives Matter and All Lives Matter. But I was making the point that at that moment it was Black Lives Matter. Okay. So that's what that piece is about. That hangs now since um, Sunday in the gallery in Tarmanbury in on the way to Longford. Oh, yeah. So if anyone wants to see it, it's in a public gallery space there. I didn't know there was a gallery space oh, in Tarman. There's a beautiful Tarman. gallery upstairs in over the Purple, the Purple Onion. Onion. Yeah. That's a restaurant. That's a restaurant, yeah. 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 A beautiful gallery upstairs. In, oh, I must call there space. then, yeah. Yeah, you'd love it. And the final one in that collection um, is called Phase 3. Um, celebrating our superheroes in education. So around the time when schools reopened, um, I began to think about and look at what was happening in schools. And I felt that the superheroes in education were the teachers, the students and their parents because of all the amount of education that had to happen when school was closed and how difficult that was for everybody. So that's what that one is about. You can see down at the bottom I have the... um, symbol of the superhero the s and there's a t and a p on each side of it for teachers and parents okay and all you'll see other symbolism in it when you look closely at it so that one is going to be presented to a school in washington dc next friday evening so i'll have some images from that to put on my social media after um friday i was blown away by your tapestry um, I'm extra blown away because I didn't see all that was in it, Francis. I, I have to put up my hand and say I didn't. I, I think you're not the only one, okay. to be honest with you. <laughs> because sometimes, even in an image of a tapestry, it seems very flat and it almost looks like a postcard or print. 
so you need to be up close to them to see the um, the work and the the weave, you know, and the amount of colours and the symbolism as well that goes on. We're, as I said, sitting here in Grange Studio. There is other art on the wall. This piece of tapestry here, is this one mm. of your latest ones? It is. So I just finished that one a few months ago. Can you describe it? Yeah. <laughs> it's titled um, Climate Refugees. So this is all about the warming of the oceans and the heating up of the planet and the fact that people have to leave their homes due to floods or just natural disasters. And uh, you see a family up above the globe yeah. walking across the world. And really, at the moment, they're not welcome anywhere due to COVID and borders being closed to them. And people really have nowhere to go. And I think it's just going to get worse. And that worries me. Up above their heads, then, it's almost like an explosion of heat. It's from the fires, the forest fires in California and other parts of the world. So that piece, yeah, it goes from blues in the sea, cold colours, all the way up to really warm colours at the top of it, um, which describes the heating up of the planet. So that's what that one's about. Francis, you have a brochure. Is this your brochure? Yeah, it's uh, the brochure for the Interconnections Contemporary Tapestry Exhibition that we organised for 2020 in Galway. We invited artists from Scotland, Australia, Canada, Denmark, France, Japan and Poland to come and join us. The idea was to have an exhibition in Roscommon, in the Roscommon Arts Centre, and then move it to Galway for the Galway 2020 celebrations Due to COVID, none of that happened. Now, we did hang the exhibition and photograph it, but nobody saw it. It was closed to the public. It was um, not a silent exhibition. It, it, was, <laughs> un- it was unbelievable the amount of work we put into it, it but yet nobody no saw it. Mm. So all I have to show for it is the brochure. Am I saying this right when I say tapestry? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You see, it's woven tapestry. Woven yeah. tapestry. There's several different types of tapestry, such as stitch tapestry. A cross stitch will be another one. Um, but I, what I do is called woven tapestry. It's an ancient technique uh, that they would have used to make the big tapestries in churches. And yeah. Well, there's one in particular here that I'm looking at. Can you describe that for us? Yeah, uh, that's titled Torn Apart. And the story behind it is of family separation. When I was watching the um, news about the Mexican border a few years ago and seeing children being taken from their parents and being held in cages, it just completely distracted me and I was distraught at the thoughts of children being separated from their parents. So this tapestry tells that story, but it's very different from what I normally do in that it's very large, first of all, and uh, I made a deliberate tear through the centre of the weaving to make it look like the family has been separated. So there's a little child in the arms of his mother and his legs hang on the other side of the weaving because she has to um, leave him or be separated from him. And on the right hand side, there's hands reaching out to grab the children. And on the other side, then the child is reaching out to be saved by his mother. Correct me if I'm describing this wrong, but it's one piece yeah. with treads yeah. holding it together. That's right. That's correct. And it, it can look as two pieces. Yeah, it can. Well, it will hang. Um, uh, it'll hang on a wall or around a corner so that the little threads are fragile, holding the family together. 
but the weaving is really strong, you know, and yeah. that's that solid family base. Yeah. yeah, there are two separate pieces held together by strings, so yes. it works as one big artwork. That's the better that's ex- explanation <laughs> of it, Francis. It's um, heartbreaking. Yeah, but it is amazing, fantastic work. Thanks very yeah. much. Uh, in the artist statement for the catalogue, I just said how cruel, inhuman, and brutal to do that to a family. That's okay. how I felt. Francis, as I said, I, I particularly knew you for your woven tapestry, mm. but you have other art. You do other art. You paint. You yeah. Well, the starting point for a tapestry will be an idea, then a drawing, then a painting, then a colour study. Then I'll collect all the wools and yarns that I need in the colours, you know, and the shades um, to create a colour palette to begin the weaving. So it's a very long process. So as you said, here in the studio, I have prints, I've tapestries, I've paintings, I've postcards, all for sale, uh, really. Right. I didn't realise that you had postcards. Yeah. I suppose I, again, was always thinking of the tapestry. tapestry and yeah. that's what I always seen, you know. I know. Have you anything coming up, Francis? At the moment, uh, there is a very large, uh, fantastic tapestry uh, on view in the National Design and Craft Gallery in Kilkenny. It was selected for the Made in Ireland exhibition and it's a collaboration between 10 tapestry weavers woven over two years in a studio in Wexford. So we all gave freely of our time and our um, expertise to drive all the way to Terry Dunn studio in Wexford to weave on that piece. And we're really thrilled that it's been selected for a major exhibition in Kilkenny. And that exhibition is open? That exhibition opened last Friday and it runs until February okay. in the National Design and Craft Gallery. Then next year you tell me there's yeah, a lot I, happening. I have a lot on in 2022. I set up a Biennale event with um, Scottish tapestry weavers titled Interconnections. So this will be our fourth Interconnections exhibition together. So it opens in the Roscommon Art Gallery, uh, the new gallery there. Um, when does that open? Um, that exhibition opens on the 28th of April, 2022. 2022 yeah. in the Arts Centre in, in Roscommon. Mm. I think I'll come back to you uh, be before great. that, before Francis. Then, and we can talk about Yeah, Yeah, we can chat about it and maybe we can meet at the Art Centre. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Francis, can I wish you all the all the best? I mean, I'm just, I'm so thrilled and so delighted to be here. And, Thanks for coming. Uh, yeah, I, ha- I am. And I'm just blown away with what you have on display. And you have other pieces of art, other waving as well yeah. that I can see. Francis Crow, thank you very, very much for joining us on the Arts Programme for Ross FM. Thank you very much for the invitation. So there we had Francis Crow uh, joining us on the Arts Programme. And Francis' studio is uh, Grange and it's out near Four Mile House, just outside of Roscommon here in County Roscommon. Uh, I'm delighted to welcome our next guest. Our next guest is James Duke. James, you're welcome to uh, Ross FM. I'm delighted to be here. <laughs> you come in every day. How often do you get on air, Seamus? On my air, We have Seamus uh, Duke City in with us for a special reason, and the special reason is Ross FM won an award at the Crail Awards Ceremony, the Fela, at the weekend. Yes, we did, and uh, we were delighted to do so. We didn't expect it. Uh, I think uh, most people who know the history of Ross FM will know uh, that... Uh, you know, uh, the door was almost closed here, uh, and then COVID uh, came along. There was no manager at the station for a long time, uh, and uh, we I took over on uh, in July, on the 12th of July, and we set about trying to revitalise the station, uh, and with the help of the volunteers and people like yourself, 
uh, we're, we have made a great start. Uh, these awards are every year. I thought they had come a bit too soon for this year, but we decided one evening here, uh, when we saw that the uh, closing date was the following day, uh, that we should put in something for it anyway. And uh, we did put in something. Uh, and it was a real rush job altogether. And we said it would just be nice for our name to have been included in the entries. And we just forgot about it after that. But Bernie, Car I wasn't able to go to the uh, meeting in Kilkenny, uh, but our chairman, Bernie Kearney, went. And uh, lo and behold, he rang me on Saturday morning to say if we didn't get an award, a bronze award, for the Good Morning Roscommon programme. So it's a great recognition of the station. And I can tell you this much, our aim is to do much better next year. Yeah, and I suppose it recognises all, I mean, it's been horrendous for, for for community radios all around. I mean, all stations were basically closed because of the pandemic. But somehow or other, the station kept going, yeah. as did all other this stations. Down yeah. Totally down to volunteers, to people like Bernie Kearney, Shane Brown and Castlery, Martina Dockery, uh, and uh, a few more who kept coming in. Uh, and I've kept recording programmes and sending them in and only for that this radio station would not be going at the moment uh, and I owe a huge debt of gratitude to all those people Yeah, I can I can understand that so I can um, Seamus, just while I have you here in the hot seat as well so can I just say, first of all, I, I'm new to Ross FM so I would not be being included in the awards <laughs> We're very impressed with you so far Well, thank you Seamus but I, was just, I want to congratulate everybody who has been involved in Ross FM previously and uh, you know for the hard work they have done as well and recognise with your award. Uh, congratulations. Well, we, have a long way to go. Um, uh, we are trying to stabilise the financial situation at the moment, but we have brought in a new schedule, you're part of that new schedule, uh, and we have lots of uh, interesting programmes. Uh, we're open, the door is open here all the time, uh, and people can come in, they can talk to me, uh, and, and uh, you know, if they have ideas and that sort of thing. Uh, we have uh, a couple of fundraisers coming up, uh, and we'll be talking about that later on. And uh, we also uh, have a number of initiatives uh, that we will be starting and that are underway at the moment. But we're looking forward to the future and uh, we intend to make um, Ross FM a successful community station into the future. That's absolutely uh, marvellous. Can I just ask you one more thing? During the pandemic, were you writing? I was. You'll never start again. My mind for the last 20 years was maybe to write a book. Uh, and I never had a chance. In fact, I was too busy, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but uh, the pa pandemic came. I had nothing to do. I was looking out the window. You can only go for a walk uh, for so many t uh, times a year. And uh, that's uh, what uh, I was doing. So uh, I wrote a book, and uh, it's called Juki, The Game of Life. And uh, I will be launching it uh, on the 11th of November. I apologise, listeners. I didn't have my, uh, Seamus's um, <laughs> right. mic on. I'm still learning the desk and I apologise. Okay. But he was recognising the hard work done by the volunteers. And, and we're thrilled to have won the Bronze Award. Uh, we didn't put an awful lot of, of uh, huge amount of effort into it, but I can guarantee you, Ursula, with your help, uh, we'll be putting a lot of uh, effort into it next year and hopefully we'll do much better. And next time I'll turn on the mic. Don't Thanks, worry Seamus. about that. <laughs> <laughs> that was Seamus Duke recognising the work that was done by uh, Ross FM um, uh, with the award. 94.6. This is Ross FM. Thank you very much to our ads and to our sponsor. Uh, our sponsor is Cora Boyle and this is the arts programme on Ross FM. Um, 
Our next guest is Anne Hill. And Anne Hill is an artist with the uh, group um, Celtic Eye. Anne, you're welcome to Ross FM and to the... Finish, hi. How are you? Okay, how are you, Anne? I'm, I'm still trying to get to, used to um, pressing the buttons here on this con- these controls, so I'm never we're sure whether right. we're on or not. Uh, Anne, you're welcome to the, um, well, the programme. Um, you're a member of the Celtic Eye group. Yeah, the Celtic Eye Art group, yeah. We, we were set up there in uh, the last few months, I suppose, eight, eight months ago we set up. Uh, Nicola Bowes, uh, she, a friend artist, she came together and got, I suppose, eight of us involved in this project and it was... Um, was to create uh, awareness uh, of the importance of biodiversity and protecting the unique landscape and beauty of a uh, southwest common karst landscape. And okay. we do this through the beauty, of, uh, you know, of our own work and as artists, you know, portray it that way. And can we just, uh, can you tell me the name of the tribe that uh, were noted for South Ross Common? The Humanic tribe? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we, we took part in a um, culture weekend, the heritage um, weekend. So we did uh, the week of August week 14 to the 22nd of August and uh, we took part in an exhibition so ours was the magic of culture and nature in the Humana Kingdom Yes, so that was beautiful, you know, it's one of the oldest um, and largest kingdoms I suppose located in Connacht, Ireland, you know so it's, it was it was an honour to, to be part of it actually um, you know, we worked alongside several organisations as well, you know, and we did, did all of this through art Yes, and um, there was an exhibition in uh, at League, was it? We had a, no, we had an exhibition in Topnacanal. I keep saying at League, it was Topnacanal. That's okay, that's right. okay. Yeah, we had a fantastic exhibition. Now, it took a lot of work, uh, but uh, it, it was a fantastic day. And you know, t- like we we were creating, I suppose, awareness of this area through our own, you know, our own artwork. You know, we're all, I suppose, diverse artists. You know, a diverse group of artists, each each with our own unique style. You know, so we brought something different to the exhibition. We did, um, and. Tell me, how did you get involved in art? Well, I suppose 20-something years ago, plus, I was working, training as a dressmaker, and my friend, Joyce Little, who's an artist now, uh, she came along one evening and said, would you come to an art, ex- or an art uh, course with me? And I sure the first thing I said, what would I know about art? And I went that first night, and I never looked back. So I try out different things, yeah. you know, different mediums. I'm always exploring something different. You know, some mediums I explore and some I don't like. You know, I've tried stained glass. I don't particularly like that. But then I'm passionate about encaustic and felt and wool and acrylic. So, you know, I, I tap in and out of different mediums all the time. And I you see know. that you upstyle as well. I love upstyling, yeah. I love I love actually, I suppose, the importance of our landscape and minding it and protecting it and reusing stuff. And all these things are very important. So I love to get something that's old um, and repurpose it and give it another life, another yeah. chance. And I, I, I see you doing caustic as well. I love encaustic, yeah. I did a I did a couple of courses with Rosemary Lantry and I just fell in love with the whole medium of encaustic. It's probably one of my favourites, that and acrylic porns. I just love I just love the it creates itself, you know what I'm it saying? It does, yeah. You, 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 you do your own take on it but it just has its own control and it's beautiful. Yeah, and you can build it up. I suppose you build all it up. Art. I love that idea of mixed media, I love incorporating wool and fabric and papers and you know, textures and different things into it. You know, I like, I suppose, tactile art. I suppose that's the word you could use. And if anybody, if anybody wants to join uh, the art group Celtic Eye, um, are you on Facebook? Well, we are on Facebook. Yeah, we have uh, we have the Celtic Eye um, art group. It's the extension. If you put in an extension, and we we have um, we have lots of followers now. We have nearly over seven hundred followers. Um, so I suppose if that's what they wanted to do, just go in and request to join. And okay. it's, it's a lovely site. It's a busy site. Um, 
full of information and updates and you know it's nice you know lots of artists now you don't have to be an artist to join it but there's lots of artists on it we had over 30 artists um guest artists at the exhibition and that was fantastic i had my own mother and my daughter with three generations actually at the exhibition in um top mcconnell i was just going to uh, go back to the exhibition and your mum was at the exhibition now tell me how did your mum get into art my mum was very sick for years um, and she ended up in the hospice for about three or four years ago and I remember saying to her mum, um, do you know what I'll do now? I'll bring you down colouring books, you know, and she said to me, she said, do you think I'm a child? She was disgusted <laughs> with me at the time. But I said to her mum, there's adult colouring books and I brought them down, tr- down to her in the hospice in Galway and she started colouring and she spent years colouring it. Actually, it was her therapy because she was um, she was confined to bed for a lot of, you know, a lot of years and very unwell, so... This was her saving grace, like it was, it was definitely therapy for my mum and uh, she created pages and pages of, of artwork that we have now, you know, so they're a treasure. Uh, as you know, my mum passed away about eight weeks ago. Yes, uh, and I'm very, very sorry about that. Uh, oh, but she, and she did have art in the exhibition. That was the, Oh, she did have art, yeah. She, she loved the, the colourings and she had such an eye for detail and design and she wouldn't cut outside the lines of anything and she just have to say, she had a saying uh, to occupy the mind, stay within the lines and it kept her going. That's what I'm saying. I have to say, art is more than just um, a hobby. Like people, you know, it is a hobby and it's a lovely hobby, but it's it's much more. I think it's our saving grace, and sometimes you know, we just need to be inspired by things around us. You know, the landscape and just it's our therapy. And I think we as artists, I think we just have to. We we have to create. You know. Uh, yeah. Can you just say that line again? Stay within the line. She's mummy used to say uh, because these were the, these were colouring, you know, your drawings and colouring, so she coloured them in. So she said, stay behind, to occupy the mind, stay with. Sorry, stay within the lines. To occupy the mind, stay within the lines. That's and absolutely. That's a yeah, beautiful. Yeah, she she would not be out of line. She would keep it so perfect, so beautiful stuff. She's I'm writing it down because <laughs> I'll use it again. <laughs> I'll yeah, use it again. Yeah, that was the mind, but it was, it was something that, and I actually had an exhibition for for Mam in um, in Galland's Hotel about two years ago, and it was one of the proudest things I think I will have ever have done. You know. Yeah. The sort of exhibition for her with all her work, and we we got them into cushions and mugs and you name it. We got loads of things made out of them. You know, it's just fantastic T-shirts, and they were done in. Um, Janus for photographies, you know, in town. Okay, well, that's uh, you know, that's a great tribute to your mum, and it's great to have her artwork. Um, oh, as it's you something we treasure. All treasure, it. yes, yeah. yes. And we will we will chat to your daughters another time. But your daughter's an artist as well. She's an artist, yeah. She's uh, she's lo- she's more pencil drawing now. She's not so much into texture and that kind of thing, but she creates beautiful pencil drawings of horses and things like that. That's her passion um, in life, horses. And she's actually studying equine dentistry and equine physiotherapy, so she's a very busy lady, a young woman at the, t- at the moment. Okay, okay. So now, um, if we want to get in contact with the Celtic Eye um, Art uh, Group, uh, look them up on Facebook. Yeah, the Celtic Eye Art Group, yeah. Yeah, um, so the extension beside them. Extension. extension. Yeah. And extension, then, yeah. yeah, and there's, a, there must be what, 40, 50, 100 artists on that? Oh, we have more, yeah. Well, we've definitely 40, 50 artists, but you don't have to be an artist to, to be on the group. You know, you can be a follower and just an interested party. We have loads of other information up there, uh, you know, about biodiversity, climate change. We keep an eye on all of those kind of things. Now, we are hoping to bring the exhibition, uh, the exhibition we have in Tampa Connor, we are hoping to bring that to Banislow Library in spring. We just went to confirm a date in the ban- uh, with the Banislow Library. So that should be interesting. Another thing to look forward to. 
Okay, well, you keep... Let you know nearest to the time or something that's on. That'll be lovely, so it would. And I could sit and chat to you all afternoon, uh, but our time is running out. Oh, and, um, well, thank you so much, Ursula, for having me on. It's been an honour to be to be invited onto your programme. And absolutely lovely to have your the soles of your shoes sitting in my oh, house waiting. Oh, my shoes. Oh, God, that was some story. It uh, was. Did, so you turn in, did you turn into a piece of art yet? It will be a piece of art, but the next time I meet you, you will have your piece of art then. Oh, lovely. I'm looking forward to that, Ursula. Anne Hill, thank you very, very much well, for you joining so us. Much. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now, that was Anne Hill, a member of the Celtic Arts Group, uh, joining us on um, the uh, art programme. Now, our next guest is Helen Danley, and we had Helen on last week, who um, is over from Chicago, and this week, uh, the second part of her interview is about... Um, art classes in America and how you can be part of their art group in America. So here I have Helen um, chatting with us for Ross FM. Ursula led us for Ross FM for the arts programme. Some time back I had uh, the pleasure to catch up with Helen Danley, artist from Chicago, who was here in Ireland doing workshops and came to visit Rosemary Langtrina Glone. And while I was chatting with Helen, she was telling me a little bit about their art centre and about the different types of exhibitions, I suppose, they did during lockdown and how exhibitions have maybe changed because of the way the world has changed. So we're catching up with Helen now. Helen Donnelly, thank you uh, again for giving me this time on Ross FM. We were chatting uh, this morning earlier on about your living in Chicago. You have an art centre in Chicago. Am I saying that right, art centre? Yes, it's, well, I have a studio in the Bridgeport Art Centre, which is a large art centre on the south side of Chicago. Mm -hmm. Describe it to us. Yes, well, it's a 500,000 square foot building that used to be the Singer Sewing Machine Factory, and then it was the Spiegel Catalog Distribution Center in Chicago. So it's very large. They have um, galleries on the fourth floor and on the third floor where, where our studios are. Um, it's a five-story building. And they have artist studios, stores, and coffee shops. So it's a very large space. So is it somewhere that you could just walk into and browse yes, around? you can walk in and whenever they're open the main gallery is on the fourth floor but we also have a rental gallery on the third floor that is where I actually organized an exhibition with my partner Jeffrey Hurst during lockdown called viral collaboration this was amazing you again chatted with me yesterday about this yes tell our listeners yes so what we did I knew that when when lockdown happened that Many people were having a difficult time. I was having a difficult time. I knew that artists were having a hard time. A lot of our artist friends said they couldn't go into the studio. Making art seemed trivial compared to the fear that everyone experienced with the pandemic and also with the very bad political strife in the United States at the time. It was very disconcerting to turn on the news and it was all bad. And I thought, I want to give my artist friends something to look forward to because even though it seemed like a very, very dark, frightening time, I knew that this too shall pass. I knew that we were going to come through this and I knew there's a whole lot of things that we cannot control 
But the one thing that we can control and that feeds our souls is our artwork. And so I decided to find out if the rental gallery was available at the Bridgeport Art Center. It was. And um, I invited artists to submit a 10 by 10 inch work on paper using predominantly one color and incorporating one word about how they were feeling about the pandemic, whether it was in the title of their piece or whether it was visible in the piece or hidden in, in their work if they don't like to use text. And I didn't, um, I didn't limit anyone. I, I said, anyone who wants to apply will get in the show. I had 110 artists from over 10 different countries submit work, works on paper, and I, I wanted them to include a self-addressed stamped envelope so it would be very easy, unframed, just a piece of paper. And and they were very surprised. You know? So what I did, I taped it up to the walls in nine inch grids by color. So I had a nine inch grid of yellow paintings. I had a nine inch grid of orange, of red orange of red of purple of blue of dark blue of green of white and black and it was the pink and the pink the pink (laughs) yes we were short a couple of pink so i had to do a pink one to (laughs) fill out the grid but it was such a powerful show people came into the gallery you know with masks on and would stop and examine each piece and were very moved by the the words that people had incorporated about the pandemic and this was right in the midst of the pandemic and i cannot tell you how many people thanked me for doing that show because it number one got them to focus on their creativity forget about the strife that was going on just for a short time and have something to look forward to so the exhibition happened in january and february of um Oh my goodness, what was it? Was it 2021? We had to postpone it because the the art center wasn't even open for a time. And then the art center asked me if I would extend the exhibition for another six weeks. So it was up for quite some time and it was so rewarding to put together. Well, Helen, thank you. And I, again, had the pleasure of seeing uh, some of the art. Now, if some of our listeners want to look in at that exhibition, mm-hmm. where would they where would they go? I created a Facebook page called Viral Collaboration. And the, I did a walkthrough video of the exhibition showing everyone's work. So it's on Facebook. They just type in Viral Collaboration and they can see the entire video or they can see still shots of each nine segment grid. And I want to just rush on, Helen, to another um, area of your expertise. Mm-hmm. You provide classes online. Mm-hmm. You, yes. You and Jeff? Or, yes, yes, yes. Jeff Hurst and, and myself and Paula Rowland, who's an artist in Santa Fe, very well-known artist. We have an artist membership program 
called Catalyst Art Lab. It's a monthly paid subscription to this art group that's very supportive and robust. We have critiques, we have visiting artists, we have demos and uh, studio tours. And then the other section of Catalyst Art Lab is an online school that anyone can can register for the classes. We offer classes in painting, printmaking, sculpture, encaustic, photo, encaustic, um, all sorts of courses. And if I was interested in registering mm-hmm. for these classes mm-hmm. or the monthly membership membership mm-hmm. are there two different registrations or yes yes so what you do you would just go to catalystartlab.com c-a-t-a-l-y-s-t artlab.com and it it's one website that has both the membership site as well as the courses now members get a discount off of classes and they also get a priority access to registration but you do not have to be a member to take a class okay is there a is there a charge for both of these yes yes there's a charge for both okay and you can find that out when you look up catalystartlab.com helen dunley thank you so much for spending time with us here you're very welcome there where we are we're in rosemary langtree's studio in athlone thank you for interviewing me i really appreciate it lovely uh, to be here and we will follow you on on your different uh websites, websites. yes thank you so much that was helen Donnelly from chicago artist i mean you really do need to have a look at her art to see the different uh, textures and types of art that she creates and uh, i was very lucky to catch up with her when she was here so that was uh, our interview with Helen, and Helen will be heading back to the States, I think it's next week or the week after. Uh, and again, she really enjoys the skyline and the different colours of the sky here in Ireland and uh, is forever telling us about it. So there we have, um, we're on to the final part of our arts programme on Ross FM, and I am absolutely delighted to have my next guest, Will Keane, with us Um well, you're welcome. Thank you very, very much for having me in, Ursula. It's an absolute honour. Well, I'm delighted to have you because I've been following you on Facebook and I've been following your uh, photographs. <laughs> but let's back back. Let's start at the beginning. No Where problem. are you from yourself? Uh, I'm from Necrockery and Kiltiven. I kind of straddle, but I almost live across a bridge. I'm so divided between the communities. But um, I suppose my story, uh, Ursula, was during the second lockdown, I ate and drank all around me and I made a resolution back in uh, the, the end of 20, 2019, 2020, sorry, <laughs> to go, we can't even see time now, to uh, go for a walk every day, walk f- for six months of the year. Because I'm a farmer, it wasn't going to happen every day. And every, I started taking photographs, and people really started getting into, interested in the photographs I started taking. So I created an Instagram account, and then people started asking for the prints. And I have been in situations before where, it becomes more work than it's worth, yeah. to be perfectly honest. So I created a website and there's a professional printer who prints all the photographs for me on request. And they're in incredible quality. They're on Glycide Prints. Uh, Fine Art America is the website who does it. And I just have had such amazing feedback over the last uh, uh, few months. And the great thing about it is I'm celebrating what's around us. Yes. Like the majority of my photographs are the bogs of Kiltiven, the bogs of, uh, are the lakes around the crockery in Gailey Bay, huge amount of photography up in Fo- uh, uh, Moat Park. And it's, it's funny, I've started teaching uh, photography, smartphone photography classes myself. And the one thing I say above everything else 
is photograph what you love. Yes. Because if you're doing what you love, uh, it's a pleasure. It's not a task. And that's kind of why I practice what I preach. And that kind of falls in with the theory that we've been saying time and time again on this program. And I would say it is um, art is therapy. Oh, absolutely. Photographing what you what you like and what you see and actually opening your eyes and seeing what's around you. Oh, that's there's there's no doubt of that about that. I some of the times my partner, Porik, came for the walk, <coughs> excuse me, with me and it's it's lovely to have the, the, the company, but to actually go for a walk on your own, stick your head your your music on and just just absorb what's around you. And also one thing that I would recommend people to do if they want to learn how to get a good eye is take the same photograph every single day. When you're doing your walk, take a photograph at that particular tree. Tomorrow, go down lower. See what kind of effect the grass in the front of the frame gives to it. And you'll really develop an eye so, so quickly because of it. I, I, I hadn't thought of doing that. And I mean, I would take photographs of myself. And I mean, I've taken a photograph of the full moon sitting on the chimney of Sean's bar. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Waiting for the photograph. But it, it you know, uh, so but I never thought of actually taking the same photograph. Oh, it just it it because tra- we're desi- we're designed to not be bored, try and not be bored. So if you're doing the same thing every every day that is boring, then you find more inventive ways to work with it. And it's that's one of the things I really teach in my course. And the second thing is, like, there's a lot of things I go into, but rules of thirds. So I'm sure as an artist, you're familiar with it. Yeah. The the temptation to put something in the center of the frame is so so big but you shouldn't you should put it slightly right of center or left of center or use one of the uh, divide your your area into nine squares and fill one of those squares and it makes a photo it brings you into the photo my gosh, you're, you're bringing me into the photograph and I can't even see what the picture is, Will. <laughs> um, well, I brought you in a picture today just Indeed. as one of the ones that I've done. It's, Absolutely. Um, it's the Weir at, at League and it's, I, I'm so happy with this photo. Like, can you imagine that that was taken on a smartphone? No. And I'm sorry to all your listeners who can't see it, but um, I just, I love it. I will take a photograph of that or you will send me a copy of that and we will put it up on our face on your Facebook page and on my Facebook page and our listeners will be able to have a look at it then. Would Brilliant. That okay? Oh, that's oh, I've no problems with that. Um, just let's go back a little bit. You studied uh, TV and video production. I did. Um, out of school, uh, I decided to uh, go into TV and video production and I did it in Dunleary Art College. It's gone a bit technical now, but it was truly an art college back in the day and ended up going to the BBC and working there for two years uh, shows like Jules Holland uh, later with Jules Holland a uh, bit of work with Dale Winton which was a, a laugh altogether and then TFI Friday as well I did a series of TFI Friday Right and then you came back um, to, did you come back to Ireland? I then? came back to Ireland and then started in Dublin within the IT industry and then about six years ago I came home to take over the family farm something that I never thought I would do Uh but I absolutely love it. And it's again, people go on about farmers and natures and, and stuff like that. And they're against nature. Every farmer who goes out in the field observes nature and lives nature on a daily basis. And it's so, like we have such an appreciation for the sun, for the amount of rain that happens to be falling today and what that's going to do to the water table. We have respect for the for the land. Yeah, and I... I your love of nature will help you with your farming. And, and vice your versa. Farming, yeah. Yes, I was just going to say that. Will help you with your love of nature. They both are they're like a jigsaw. They oh, absolutely. D- they just click together. Absolutely. And it's good if you want to know about seasons, become a yes. farmer. 
Um, again, I was with a drama group and the um, chairperson of the drama group used to say each season has its uh, its own theme. Yeah. So yeah. we would do drama in the winter. Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> you know, absolutely. The long nights. But it's funny, you talk about seasons. I Summer used to be my favourite season, blue skies and everything. But when you start taking photographs... It is the worst time of the year to take photographs. The sun is direct in the sky. A blue sky is beautiful for one photograph, but if it's every photograph, it just, it actually brings you down where the autumns and the springs are so much more spectacular. Yeah, the, 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 the colours yeah, and the yeah. action. And, and the absence of nature. Yeah. As much as, like, I will start taking a lot of minimalist photos where the, the leaves have gone off the trees and it, the seasons have forced me down that road. But it actually, the payback is amazing. Well, are you reading my mind? I am. I am. That's, well, you're a very good I'm, mind I'm starting, a, I'm starting a show here soon. <laughs> I'm going to read the minds of the people of Roscommon. I was actually about to say, with the autumn and the, um, the trees shedding their leaves, and then leaves going back to the ground and yep. back to nature, the trees um, get rid of what they had for the summer, rest for the winter, and then springtime redress. There's an incredible... When you're out walking every day, it's pure catharsis. Like, there's nothing like it. You see life coming and life going, and that's such a pleasure to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, it definitely is. Um, I would say, Ottoman, and even the, the, you know, as you're walking along and the rustle of the, uh, the leaves. Yes, and why do this thing on my Instagram, uh, which is at Dougal underscore IE, uh, just to let at everyone know. Again. Uh, at Dougal, D-O-U-G-A-L underscore I E, okay. and you can also find me on six months of walking. I all six words. Six months of walking. Six months of walking. I but I do this thing on my Instagram every once in a while where I just just hold my phone up and record a fifteen second video, and it's just fifteen seconds of calm when I find a situation that is tranquil and I'm going to save them up towards the end of the year. I'm working on uh, doing a gallery exhibition uh, next uh, summer of all the six months of, of, of photos. Not, not all of them because there are about 4,000 at the moment but uh, a selection of the photos and I'm going to be hopefully working with local artists as well on some interpretations of the works. Okay, well, I'll be looking forward to catching up with that. Excellent. So, I might uh, invite you if you were yes, happy to do uh, a painting. Well, that would be great. Absolutely. would be delighted to do that. So Brilliant. I would. Now, uh, another thing I see, you play the ukulele. Yeah, I'm involved in ukulele. Sorry, Will. Yeah. There is about 40 things on my list of things <laughs> to ask you about, and we only have 20, 10 minutes. That's so okay. So tell me about the ukulele. Yeah, I'm involved. I uh, One of the founding members of Euphoric, the Necrockery ukulele band, we started about four years ago, five years ago, but obviously we've had a gap of a year somewhere in there. And uh, it's just an incredible group. There's about 45 people. Uh, we have ukulele players. We have melodica players. We've got a trumpeteer. Uh, we've got multi-instrumentals and all of us have an incredible heart. And we've, we've actually just done our first gig since lockdown, our first indoor gig in Kenny's in Ballygar last weekend. And it was just such a great homecoming. It was amazing. And with the whole 40, you'd be on the stage together. Uh, I think the most we've had is about 25 at a time. But it's great to have kind of to be able to pick and choose and always be able to field a team, as it were. And ukulele, where did you learn that? Uh, I bought one when I lived in Dublin. And I went to local classes and I absolutely hated the classes. And That was a good start. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I played it a bit myself. And then Batty O'Brien, uh, who many are in the art world will know, uh, was turning 60. And we decided to buy him a ukulele. And uh, we started having weekly week meetups. And he turned up about eight months later, fashionably late. And <laughs> uh, we had kind of 
developed this incredible kind of sound. And then we were lucky enough that a gentleman who was living in Dublin and part of the Blanchestown ukulele group had moved down to uh, Tarman Barry and he taught us what we needed to know. So we've kind of worked as the collective ever since. And I have one other reason for asking you in here, uh, Will. Do you want to tell me what you're doing to raise funds for male cancer for the Matter Hospital? The Matter Hospital Men's, or men's Cancer. Uh, yeah, so uh, if you have sensitive ears around you, I'm aware, aware it's a midterm break, but I think I'll get away with this. It's uh, the Dicky Dip. We'll be doing uh, the 750 men stripping off and running into the Irish Sea in North Dublin on the 6th of November uh, coming. And we're raising money for men's cancer, which is so hugely important. I had a tiny scare. Thankfully, it was a very quick scare as well, about four years ago. And when I saw this uh, charity opportunity coming up, I said, I've got to go and raise money for such a good cause. So um, if you follow me on Facebook, Will Kane, you can see uh, my charity page there as well. And we can donate to your charity. You can, of course. Yeah. Um, you said it's the 6th of November. Yes. Have you checked the weather forecast? It doesn't really matter because it's going to be freezing anyway. <laughs> so if it's freezing and raising, raining, it, it is no harm at this point. <laughs> will there be a video? Um, there will there be a video. There'll be shriveled something anyway, i tell you that much. There might be a hot toddy or two after. A hot toddy. Or a cold toddy. <laughs> Uh, well, can I thank you for joining us uh, on our programme this afternoon. Wish you all the best with um, Dicky Dips. I will definitely be popping into the um, the music group there. Euphoric. Euphoric. Uh, and can anyone join that? Or can anyone yeah, we have beginner's lessons uh, every Wednesday um, at 7.15. And... Yes, seven fifteen, and then we the main group kicks off at eight. So we've I think we've six people joining recently, and you can join at any time you want. Okay, yeah. and would you have to have an instrument? Yeah, you'd have to have a ukulele. We were practicing in uh, Murray's, and we're heading back to Murray's in the crockery. But just uh, with the kind of things all over the place with with, with uh, COVID, we decided to go to Colleen for a little while. So Murray's, we have a few spare ukes there, but we just because of COVID, we can't, we can't be really having, sharing them. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. So anyone can can. Can Come along yeah. to the name of the hall again. Uh, Colleen Hall. Colleen Hall. That's it. And that's between uh, here. The Crockery and the Carrow. The Carrow. Uh, yes, I know where the hall is. And uh, you can go along and see yeah. if, if the if Come along if and the have music a listen. is for you. Yeah, yes. come along and have a listen, absolutely. Yeah. And on the 6th of November, you will be in I'd Dublin. I'll be bearing all. You'll be bearing all. And if anybody would like to, uh, I suppose, donate yep. towards yourself. Just find me on Facebook, uh, Will Kane. Uh, or if anyone would like to donate to our, our walk as well, our sponsored walk for uh, Ross FM, you can do so by contacting the radio station. And it's, it's funny because walking has done so much for me, but, and that's singularly, but walking as like this, this campaign, the walk for the wireless, when you do it as ma- a part of a group, it has a massive, massive effect and really good for your mental health. Yes. I mean, I, I get that. I, I do get that. Although I'm not a great walker. I put my hand up. I'll have to... Practice. That's all you need to do. I'll have to do something so well. But I'll, I'll look after the photographs. I'll have a look at the photographs. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Ross FM. And as I said, good luck with all. I will be in contact again and uh, we'll pop into the hall to uh, have a, an appreciation for your uh, musical gathering. We'll have a cup of tea and a tambourine waiting for you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Will. Stay with us now while I finish off the programme. Thank you. Now, uh, our programme is nearly coming to an end and I am uh, I'm delighted and thank you to all the guests that joined us and Will, who's still sitting here in the studio, wish him all the best with his, uh, his adventures. <laughs> That's the best way I can put it. Um, 
Join us next week for um, for the uh, arts programme on Ross FM. And I think Seamus Duke will be coming up after me, uh, sitting in the hot seat. Thank you again to all our listeners. Thank you again to all who have contributed.